The title of the message this morning is, We Are the Family of God. Please say that out aloud with me. We are the family of God. It's so good to be together as the family of God. I believe that this message is especially relevant for today. Those joining us on television, this is our 13th birthday celebration as a church, and we are grateful to God. And uh, it's appropriate because we're enjoying a special family time, a whole big picnic afterwards. So not only are we worshiping together, but we're sharing in a meal and we're enjoying wholesome fellowship. Fellowship and the body of Christ goes together. Do you agree with that? Now, before we talk about our spiritual family, let's just talk about earthly families for a few moments. Earthly families. Now, it is actually so wonderful to belong to an earthly family. Am I right? It's lovely to belong to an earthly family. And you have the possibility of gathering with your family from time to time and having special moments, and when you gather together, you know that, hey man, these are my people, these are my brothers and my sisters, and this is, this is us, we hang out together. It's so good to be together as family. Maybe some of you that have left the home, but you're still fairly young, you know that you have parents that you can go back to, and uh, a mom and or a dad, and, and you can go every now and again, and Go visit and spend the night there, and it's so nice to be with your family. We are blessed to be part of the earthly families. I think of my family that I grew up in. I'm very grateful to the Lord. I honor the Lord for a godly family that the Lord placed me in, and uh, godly parents. My dad and mom were people who simply put Jesus Christ first, sought the kingdom of God first. And so I had wonderful parents and fairly decent brothers. <laughs> it was tough. I was the youngest of three. And when you go and book into a hotel, you know what? There's four beds. There's not five beds. A little Johnny has to be on. There's not even a sleeper couch. It was just put the duvets out and little Johnny's going to sleep in there. And let me tell you something else with my brothers, okay, is that in the car, I would, because I'm the youngest, I'd always have to sit in the middle and my brother gets the window seat. My other brother gets the window seat. It was tough. It was tough. And then when the trip got too long and my dad had to start flying his hand behind, it was only the middle legs that got hit by the hands. So I just want to tell you it's been hard. I'm just kidding. I have wonderful brothers, Andrew and Peter. Give them a hand. Wonderful brothers. I am the youngest. Even though I have less coverage like Celsi and my brother's got Vodacom, I am the youngest brother. Okay. Sorry, please don't laugh so loud. I am a bit sensitive. No, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Anyhow, 
And so I enjoyed this blessing and security being part of my family. But you know what? These days I have my own family. Because, by the way, you are eventually meant to get out of the house that you grew up in. And if you don't get out and you're already sitting here at 35, I want to say to you, you need to have somebody kick you out of the nest and go and make your own house, all right? Because ultimately, you go and you create a new house. And so I got married and was so excited to, to be married. And we, we got our two sons. And, and when we started the church, they were five and three. And now they are 18 and 16 years of age. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm grateful for my boys. And so in terms of my own family, my direct family that lives in the house with me, some of our favorite moments is late afternoon, we always have coffee time together. We put on a pot of filter coffee, we have coffee together, we chat about our day, we just hang out, and to use a good South African word, there's lacquer, man. It's lacquer. So nice to be together. You need to create family times. I wonder, does anyone here wish that you were born into a different family instead of the family that you were put in? I mean, maybe it was a bit hectic. There might be people here that uh, maybe some of the younger people, you see things on TV and you think, if only I could be part of the Kardashians. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> Or maybe there's people that you think, if I could be part of the Trump family, I'll be fantastic, people. Fantastic. Fantastic. Me and my wife, we have a great relationship. It's fantastic. It's incredible. Maybe some of you wish, well, maybe you could have been part of the Mandela family. <laughs> no, sorry, that's the wrong laugh there. No, no not that family. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I said the Mandela family, okay. Now some of you, maybe you wish you could be part of Uncle Angus Buckham's family. Amen! And you think, well, oh, it would be so cool. But let me tell you, I believe that God has placed every person in the right family. God is never random about things. He's always highly specific and intentional. And so he has put you into the right family. Now, in addition to our earthly families, we belong to a much bigger family. And it's called the family of God. Can somebody get excited about the family of God? We're in that family. And you know what? It is the best family of all to belong to. It's the best family of all. Praise the Lord for his family. Now, four things I want to share with you. Number one, we are wonderfully privileged to be part of God's family. Why don't you say that out loud with me? We are wonderfully privileged to be part of God's family. I can remember my dad many years ago, I was probably an early teen, and I can remember him talking about this very thing in the church. And way back then, it, it struck a chord in my heart, and I thought, you know, we, we are wonderfully privileged. I like what Dad's preaching about. This is, this is lovely. We're part of a family. 
And the scripture is 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be, here it is, called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So, we are called children of God, but also we are children of God. In our identity, we are. Let me ask you this question. Do you see your inclusion into the family of God as an immense privilege? Because it certainly should be an immense privilege. Verse 1 in the Amplified Bible it says, see, what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God, and so we are. Now, if you look at that verse of Scripture and are not moved inside your heart, something is wrong. Basically, this is telling us that we are tremendously privileged to be part of God's family. The same verse in the NIV, it's on your screen. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished. Would you please say the word lavished? I want to tell you that's generous, it's abundant. What great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. So this shows how much He loves us. And I want to say to you, if you are here today and you are feeling loved, and I, I wanted unloved, I want to tell you that your Father loves you. Heavenly Father loves you. And so in essence, verse 1 is telling us that we are on the one hand incredibly privileged, and on the other hand, we are lavishly loved to be part of God's family. You might be here today and you have not already become part of the family of God. And you, as we're talking about it, you're thinking, wow, I need to, I need to belong. And, and you say, well, how to become part of the family? Well, the answer is found in John 1 verse 12. And this is what it says in John 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received him... That's Jesus. To them he gave the right to become children of God in those who believe in his name. So it's simple. You need to receive and you need to believe in Jesus Christ. And then you get the right. God's kingdom works on what is made provision for on rights. And so you get the right if you receive and believe. To become a child of God, can you say amen? amen? Number two of four things. As a member of God's family, you have brothers and sisters. When you are born again into the family of God, into your new spiritual family, essentially two things take place. Number one, you obtain God as father. And the scripture says in Romans 8 verse 15, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. But the second thing that happens, there's many other things that happen as well, but in addition to receiving God as your Father, you gain other Christians as brothers and sisters. Has that ever really sunk in? 
for most of us, yes, we're very much aware of the first part. I become saved. God is my Father. But as for the second part, that we receive brothers and sisters because of the family that we brought into, it's kind of underemphasized, understated. And I want to just highlight that a little bit more. And I want to say to you, sir, ma'am, you get a brother, a sister, you get lots of brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and it is a blessing that we are able to enjoy that. And the scripture says that in uh, Hebrews 3, verse 1, in the God's Word translation, it says, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners. You're together in this, in a heavenly calling. So according to Hebrews 3, verse 1, how are you and I referred to? We're referred to as brothers and sisters, and that is what we are. Another scripture in Hebrews is the following, Hebrews 13, verse 1. It says, let brotherly love continue, okay? And that's not only related to, you know, brotherly love amongst men. It's love in terms of one for another in the kingdom of God. And so that's beautiful. Let brotherly love continue. And in terms of brotherly love, do you know that Paul, the apostle Paul, used the word brethren about 60 times in the epistles that he wrote. That is quite remarkable. It just shows that Paul knew this concept of family, and it was very important to him. Listen to this comment that I came across. It says, the term brotherly love is never used in the Greek language in order to refer to others as if they were your brothers, in other words, pretending that they are, but rather it is used in the Greek language to indicate that they actually are your brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? They actually are your brothers and sisters. Now do me a favor. Let me ask one or two people just to help me here for a second. Um, Neville, would you stand over there? Neville, would you stand over uh, there for a moment? Now, Neville, you love the Lord Jesus, am I right? Okay. Clive, would you stand just in front of him? Clive, I know you love the Lord Jesus, am I right? Now, would you please just look at each other for a moment, please? And um, <laughs> now, I want to remind you, according to Scripture, that you are brothers in Christ. Give them a hand. Brothers in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can get uh, an extra ice cream later for your participation today. Number three, stay closely connected to your spiritual family. Now, do you know there are benefits for staying close? for staying connected, for staying engaged in the family of God. One of the big benefits is you are protected by being together with brothers and sisters. The enemy loves to isolate. When a believer becomes isolated, I can tell you, and you don't even have to be prophetic, it will soon happen that they will start um, dwindling in their walk with the Lord. And so one of the benefits of coming together is that we enjoy protection, we enjoy encouragement, we enjoy accountability, we enjoy spiritual health, we enjoy support, and we enjoy growth. 
Some people think, well, they're just going to be all on their own, never engage with the body of Christ and become fully developed as believers. I want to tell you that's a fallacy. Part of the development is in, in connecting with one another. You cannot just develop in your relationship with God in your personal prayer walk and reading of the word. You also develop and grow in your relating to the family of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. It is so important that we realize that. So Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25, it says, And let us not, uh, sorry, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. In other words, be considerate of the people around about you and stir up love and good works. And then it says this important phrase, which is underlined, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Do you know that that is a Bible scripture telling you to come and gather with the people of God? It's getting very quiet now. That is a Bible scripture telling you to engage with your brothers and sisters. Uh, and it says, as is the manner of some, not engaging but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. That same verse in uh, the contemporary English version is on the screen, and it puts it really simply. It says, some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. I want to tell you, some habits are very, very good for you. Some traditions of connecting with the body of Christ are in your best interests. And so if you seldom connect with your spiritual family, I'd like to submit that you actually place yourself at a disadvantage. However, if you engage with your spiritual family, it helps, as indicated in verse 24, to stir up love and good works. The body of Jesus Christ helps to stir one another up to pursue God, to love and to good works. So wonderful. Let me tell you this. I, as a pastor, I do find it sad when I see people, for whatever reason, just start to disengage and just move off. It's, it's really sad. It's unfortunate. Tell the person next to you, don't become isolated. Stick with me. Tell them that. <laughs> don't become isolated. Stick with me. Now, some people stop engaging in the church. They stop coming and being a part of the family of God because they're unhappy with something or someone. Maybe somebody said something to them in their small group or, or there was an altercation in the parking lot or things like that. And, and then they just decide, I don't want this anymore. And to me, that's really sad when those sort of things happen. But let me say, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to work together through things for the sake of the family. It's what we're called to do, work through things and move ahead in unity. Let me tell you an interesting story I came across. I heard a story about a missionary group. And they were reaching out to unreached areas, really trying to go to those remote areas. And they came across a remote island. And on the island, they discovered a single man, a man all by himself that had begun to live and make a life for himself because he hadn't been rescued. He'd been shipwrecked many years earlier, and he was the only survivor. They were able to converse with him. 
And so he took them back to his little base where he was functioning from and showed, him where they were, showed them where he was living. And then when they got there, they discovered three rock dwellings. One over here, just a little bit further there, another rock dwelling. They thought this is kind of strange. I mean, he's a single man all by himself, and these are rock dwellings. And they, they said, well, well what, is, what is this first one? I says, no, the first one, that's, that's my home. That's where I live. And, um, and the second one, he said, no, that's, uh, oh yeah, that, that's my church, all right? And the third rock dwelling, he said, no, that's the church I used to go to. He couldn't even get along with himself in church. <laughs> he voted himself out. I don't understand it. But my dad used to say, if you find a perfect church, please don't join it because then it won't be perfect anymore. Ouch. And so no earthly family is perfect. No local church is perfect. But without your spiritual family, a child of God will battle to fully develop in the things of God. Are you aware that there is a trend around the world that's called individualism? Have you heard of that? Individualism is basically a trend worldwide where people want to function completely independently of each other. Individualism is defined as follows. It is a belief that the interests of the individual ought to be ethically paramount. Golly. But in the kingdom of God, it is so different. Our kingdom culture is completely different. It is a culture of family. It is a culture of connection. It is a culture of brotherly love. It is a culture of community. Can I hear an amen? That's what it is. Because we belong together. And you might be sitting here today and maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody dragged you to church and you came because there's meat afterwards or I'm just teasing. But maybe you're here and you're thinking to yourself, well, I actually feel a little bit disengaged. I feel isolated. And I want to say this to you today. Wouldn't you, you allow God to place you into meaningful relationship in his family? Because it says in Psalm 68 verse 6, God places the lonely into families. What a God. What a God we serve. Point number four, my final point. Be assured that you belong. Please say that with me. Be assured that you belong. It is wonderful to have the sense of belonging that comes from being part of the family of God. I remember my parents years ago, they went to Seoul, Korea. They were attending a big pastor's conference in Yongi Cho's church over there. And so they arrived, a group from South Africa, and at the airport, there was a group of the local believers from the church that had come to welcome them. There was a lovely big banner they put up, and there was these Korean ladies, and they were waving their little things and keeping themselves cool, and they were waiting to welcome these guests from South Africa. And as they arrived, they received a lovely welcome, and these Korean ladies just said, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because they can't speak English. So that's like this universal term. So, hallelujah. My dad says, hey, how are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, and then my dad got into it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, all getting into it. But my folks had never met these people before. But you know what they said? They said that it felt like they were together with family. 
believers on the other side of the world because God puts us together in the family. Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 22, it reads as follows. This is the last scripture we're looking at. It says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You could say members of the family of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You know, the words that stand out for me in that is the word fellow, the word household, the word members. The word together, the word together, in case you haven't realized it yet, God is putting his glorious family together from right across the world. In, in the Garden of Eden or, or before time began, it was the vision of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to create this awesome family. But then the relationship was broken. And God came, and ever since that day that the relationship was broken, God has been determined, I'm getting my family back, and we're going to have this massive worldwide family of believers in Jesus Christ, and one day there's going to be this incredible feast, it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we are going to party and get down as the family of God. God's heart has always been family. And so what do we learn from this passage of Scripture? We learn that strangers and foreigners, those terms don't apply to us because we belong. We also learn that what we do take note of is fellow citizens, members, and also to realize that God is fitting us together. We are being built together. And you know what? Across this congregation, across, across this audience today, there is a lot of diversity here. And I praise God for that diversity and how God is putting us together. And I believe we are a happy family. God is uniting Afrikaans, Zulu, English, Corsa. God is bringing together us in the family of God, of people that are from outside of the country, people that are locals. He's putting us together. He's putting young and old together. And God is even trying to put together sharks and bull supporters. <laughs> Please settle, settle. But let me say this as I draw to a close that I was doing a funeral and I remember afterwards the, the surviving spouse came to me and she said to me, she said, you know what, John? My life group has become closer to me than my own family. Don't ever try to reject your natural family. No, they're a blessing. But let me tell you, the family of God can, come, can become even more precious to you than others around about you. You might be here today as I'm drawing to a close, and you might be here and maybe your family is very far away, your earthly family. Maybe they are hours away. Maybe they even live overseas. But I want to say to you the good news today is that you belong to the family of God. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Great. Let's